0: Just the more that you think about, like, fix the money, fix the world, and you actually learn more about Bitcoin by studying the legacy world than you do by just, like, diving into the details of Bitcoin and just understanding the the fact that you can do something so positive for yourself personally and so positive for uh, the greater society also, there's there's. There's nothing else in the world that I've been able to come across where you can just completely achieve both of those things at the exact same time with such direct focus.
1: Welcome to Bitcoin Basics with your hosts, Faris and Gordon. Visit BitcoinBasics.help if you need help buying and securing your Bitcoin.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Bitcoin Basics Podcast. I am your host, Ferris, here with Gordon. It is the 6th or 7th of August, depending on where you are in the world. Um, the price of Bitcoin is 42,280. The block height is 694,503. And Gordon, we had a special guest today. Why don't you tell us about that and um, what you thought of the conversation we had just had?
3: Hi, Faris. Hi, everyone. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. We interviewed Brian Harrington uh, 15 months ago. And uh, by the way, I will link that episode and everything that we talk about in this interview in the show notes, as usual, in the description. But uh, yeah, I mean, Brian. Brian's fantastic. He's got such a passion and uh, he is so enthusiastic. And um, yeah, he's got a lot of projects on the go and a lot's been happening in the world. And the last 15 months since we interviewed him. But um, yeah, without spoiling it, Faris, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Brian's insights, very honest, direct, straight to the point. And um, yeah, we didn't get too sidetracked with uh, political stuff. So I was surprised that we didn't go down any rabbit holes. Yeah, so was I. We must be maturing. No. So without (laughs) further ado, Uh, Here is Brian Harrington.
1: If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself.
2: Hi, everyone. It's great to have Brian back. Now, Brian, um, you've been up to a few new things since you started. Um, Kingdom Trust and the Choice app you've got mentioning as well. Why don't you tell us about those a little bit?
0: Yep. Yeah. So I think we last talked a a year at least ago. um, And I was doing the BTC pay server consulting stuff. And yeah, accepted a new gig working for Choice App by Kingdom Trust. And we specialize in the US retirement market. And so we're helping people pull their funds out of the legacy world, out of the legacy custodians, and put it into Bitcoin. So we're the fastest, simplest way to set up what's called a self-directed IRA that you have a wider range of investment options still within the tax-advantaged retirement account.
2: Yeah, self-directed IRA. And that's something that, um, Gordon, having lived in Australia, is huge, called self, um, superannuation over there. Is okay. that something that... Because I did see on the Kingdom Trust website, you do work with people overseas. So at this stage, it is available to overseas residents.
0: It's uh very US only right now. It's we're we're open to US residents that they have proof of US income. But that's the line that I'm my understanding is on the Choice app right now. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So the Choice App, yeah, only available to US citizens at the moment. Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: Cool. And yep. um how and, fast? Oops, sorry, go ahead.
0: Kingdom Trust has a long history of working with lots of alternative assets. And so what I've been brought on to do is kind of work on doing the product marketing for Choice app, which is their Bitcoin crypto and kind of stock offering. And so, and we're working on our iOS rollout right now. And so there definitely is kind of larger knowledge within Kingdom Trust that I am not super ramped up on, but I love that we have that depth when you are, you know, talking to our team that they can talk about real estate, talk about metals, talk about a lot of things to you.
2: Oh yeah, I had a look at the website, and um, we'll put in a link for people to go to. It's yeah, very comprehensive what what they're going through, and the numbers are actually very impressive as well. Um, when you guys rolled out, or when Kingdom Trust rolled out and offered Bitcoin and crypto, how was the um like how how were the numbers? Were you, was it more than you expected, or less than you expected, as far as people getting involved?
0: Um, definitely more, definitely more, and so. I would go medium on it. Definitely more than expected. But then also there still is a little bit of a gap of just relaying this information to everyone. Because again, around self-directed IRAs, there's still a lot of jargon, a lot of jargon and a lot of information about some people do it this way, other people do it this way. And so even in, in my own experience, looking at uh Choice App and Kingdom Trust before joining the team, I even personally, and I'm super like open to admitting it, I was still in that boat of just. I don't hate the idea, but I ha- no one's been like, this is the path. And the- so that was exactly where I was stuck. And so I do still believe that there are a lot of people that are adopting Bitcoin and moving onto the personal Bitcoin standard, and have already been stacking in a lot of other ways, that still have not taken full advantage of retirement accounts that they may still have in the legacy world. And so adoption's positive, but I do believe there still is a little bit of an information gap which we're tackling.
3: So Brian, you mentioned a dirty word. That's crypto. Mm-hmm. Um yep, yep. can you put 100% of your IRA into Ripple and Dogecoin?
0: Let me see. I don't so I don't have our full list of crypto memorized off the top of my head. So I don't know. I should have that list memorized, but I do not have that list memorized.
3: Yeah, if, if Gordon's awake, please yeah. do not take him seriously. It's it's a <laughs> trick question because you don't need to worry about anything besides bitcoin. It's a
0: great question. It's a great question. <laughs> like it's a great question. The reason why it's a great question is because I do like how I think it's good that places are starting to say bitcoin and crypto. And I've noticed this on the front of Kraken's website. I've noticed this in tweets across the board and I've noticed this on just how I'm like talking to people at meetups every day and being able to just relax that person to be like, look, there's Bitcoin and crypto does put their mind at ease and does kind of just put them in a better place. of Like, look, just learn this and then tackle everything else. So, yeah, there there is multiple. We work with Kraken and CoinShares as the exchange. But, yeah, in all my conversations, I'm I'm still super myself and like very public about me personally. I'm, yeah, 100 percent Bitcoin.
2: Yeah, we can agree more. We actually recently just responded to that article by the IMF where they said Mm -hmm. uh, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. Well, there is no cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. It's the only one. Right. Totally. You mentioned a knowledge gap. What is some of the hurdles, myth-busting that you guys still have to do when it comes to new clients coming into this world?
0: Yeah. Um, I think one that gets a little bit deep in the weeds is that you don't have to have an LLC. And so a lot of other providers, they'll put you right into an LLC and kind of go down this route of kind of checkbook control and making it with a little bit more bells and whistles. And you actually don't need that. Like we've created a very streamlined, you just sign up and it's actually through a trust. And so it's just very more streamlined and straightforward um, for that. And then the other gap I think is just knowing that you can transfer from a legacy custodian. So just knowing that look, if you have an old job and you had an IRA or a 401k, an old job and it's still sitting at literally anywhere, Bank of America, Fidelity, Schwab, T D Ameritrade, any of the legacy world, you you don't have to like withdraw to cash, take the penalties, and then buy Bitcoin on an exchange, not tax advantage. You're super able to leave it how it is and pull it over. So I would say, I would say those are the two gaps of people that have heard their friends have done it and are trying to replicate the way that their friends have done it, but having a tough time of just kind of navigating the kind of DIY steps. And then, secondly, just knowing that you are able to transfer out of the legacy world.
2: So just for our non-U.S. listeners, LLC is a limited liability company. And with the IRA, so IRA funds, you're taxed at a much lower rate. So long as you don't remove them before, was it the age of 64,
0: 65? For Roth IRAs, it's 59 and a half. For traditional IRAs, it's 65.
2: So, so long as you don't remove your Bitcoins until you're at that retirement age, then you get taxed at the lower rate.
0: Yep. Right.
2: So, so there is actually an incentive for governments to do this because you know their concern is that people are getting into Bitcoin and crypto and they're losing tax revenue.
0: Yeah. So two th- few things on that. I think real fast on not being able to withdraw until you're fifty nine and a half or sixty five. Correct for taking it out of the structure. We do also offer the ability to self custody while still in the account. So I do like to make those distinctions. And so there's three ways that you can custody. You can, we have a little bit of an interest bearing product. We have a institutional custody if you wanna pay for that. And we also have the ability for you to hold it in your own wallet. So we do allow you to hold it in your own wallet while still within the structure, which I think is super, super positive. To the second point of exactly what you're saying of whether governments should be in favor or against it. I I can see it both ways, can super see it both ways. I think what I think is positive is it's still just showing Bitcoin is taking ground from the legacy world. And something that I'm focused on talking to a lot of people about is kind of having different stacks of Bitcoin for different things and beginning to budget your Bitcoin in the same way you budget whatever you know fiat currency you're already used to kind of just living on day to day. And so thinking of a checking account, thinking of a savings account, I'm thinking of an investment account because I, I still am of the opinion that like hyper-Bitcoinization is going to move faster than we think. And I do believe we're going to see it relatively in our lifetime where it becomes a unit of account kind of in people's brains more and more. Because Bitcoiners are already moving there with their savings accounts. Their savings accounts are already in Bitcoin units. And so getting like checking, kind of this like quote-unquote checking account and this like investing accounts ramped up to the same level that people are already thinking and just kind of traditional savings, I think will... Naturally follow, and I think lots of there's like lots of transitionary tools that are being developed that are helping people, you know, like live on Bitcoin more. And so for these for these accounts, when you make Bitcoin the unit of account inside your retirement account, you can actually own other assets that pay you in Bitcoin. Like we just rolled out allowing you to uh, have ASIC miners in your account as well, and we're we're chomping down a simple path for people that have ASIC miners and have a hosting facility run them for them and then pay their IRA in Bitcoin. And so we know that that mechanism of being paid in Bitcoin gets people to move their unit of account faster and faster in their head.
3: That's super cool, Brian. Um, I actually have a million questions. Can you just go back through how would that work if someone wants to get paid in Bitcoin?
0: Yeah. So you would open up a Choice App account and then our mining partner, Compass Mining, is you would sign up for the interest list for that. And then we're doing our first batch for those users later on in this year. And so, yeah, that's like, we just announced this partnership the other day. And so, yeah, you would get on the interest list and then you would begin. Compass, for people that are more interested in it, you can look up Compass Mining. And so they're a company that partners with lots of hosting facilities. And then they're also able to get Their whole mission is to get regular people access to kind of the bulk pricing and the bulk hosting pricing that big outfits are able to get. And so you're able to buy one miner at a time or two miners at a time uh, and still get that. And so then, yeah, all the rewards when you choose if you choose to do this inside your IRA, all the rewards would get paid back to your IRA in Bitcoin.
3: Oh, that's awesome. That's super cool. Yeah. So yeah. if someone was risk averse and they wanted to, I mean, we're well past the, you know, Bitcoin's digital or whatever, they wanted to actually uh, put Bitcoin in the IRA and, and they're risk averse, um, they can have a self-managed wallet or they can basically, um, you know, host their own keys. Uh, yep. What are you guys providing? You're just providing the regulation and paperwork and administration and reporting.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah. So we maintain the structure for you and we act as the IRA custodian even, and we just have it on paper there. You're using your own wallet and you just let us know once a year, you know, what the value is and then we handle the reporting for you. Awesome. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm.
1: Did you know we provide a help desk at bitcoinbasics.help? Do you need help buying Bitcoin on an exchange or transferring your Satoshis to a Bitcoin wallet? Perhaps you need assistance with setting up a desktop, mobile or hardware wallet. Is your security hygiene up to date we provide individual one-on-one support regardless of your understanding of bitcoin size of investment or level of technical ability visit bitcoinbasics.help
3: just going over the the other two so the self-managed or self-hosted and then can you tell us about this interest bearing uh, yep. investment
0: yeah so it's called in motion and it's a um institutional lending product managed by CoinShares. And currently, this membership option is a little bit of in transition for us currently. So currently, what happens is when you put Bitcoin in this product, it just subsidizes the uh, custody fees. And so we give you free custody. And so you're not paying a custody fee. Currently, after our iOS rollout and everything happens, this uh, membership option is going to get reworked to be a lot more similar to kind of the pass through interest earning products that other exchanges have. And so that'll be rapidly changed over to that. And it's, um, yeah, institutional lending. And then the second, the other one is we, our partner, Fidelity Digital Assets, offers just institutional grade custody. And so if you don't want to hold in your own wallet and you don't want to be using the lending product, then you just hold it straight with them. Um, and that comes with the cost of 1% annually. That's
3: completely insured. Like if uh, someone goes bankrupt yeah. or
0: loses Bitcoin. So, yeah we have so we have the frequently asked questions on the site about more about fidelity's coverage i don't i can't quote like fidelity's insurance policy off the top of my head okay
3: cool i mean every single person well should be obviously uh think about that whether you use brian's service in in the us or australia and the equivalent in the uk and all that sort of totally. stuff totally makes... and that's
0: totally and one of the things i like saying one of the things i say a lot is that I don't know if this is the best wording for it, but it's like the best insurance is that we allow you to mix and match the custody across multiple things. And that would be my just talking as a Bitcoiner across uh services, no matter what services you're using. I like personally enjoy holding Bitcoin in multiple places. And because that's the way my brain works. That's the way my brain works of spreading out the risk and just spreading out the responsibility and spreading out. And it also just serves my personal finances again of. I don't hold all my fiat in like one place, I'm actively achieving different goals with different things. And so that's already the way I've been thinking about Bitcoin and thinking about just the uh, Bitcoin stack and apps that I'm using.
2: Yeah, it's really encouraging here, Brian, because that's what we've, you know, we recommend people just stacking sats, you don't have to worry about this volatility in mm-hmm. the price. And and yeah, you know, when people say how much Bitcoin should I buy? Um, our, my answer as is as much well, what's as you can. Yeah. <laughs> what's your time horizon for one? Yep. Um, yeah. So, thinking of those yeah, different time horizons, I've got X Satoshis Bitcoin for 30, 40 year legacies. And then, yeah, what I'm going to yep. pay my bills with tomorrow. Yeah. Um, totally. Tell us about private key management. Is that something you guys still have to explain to people? Do people get it or do they just don't care? How, how's that? Totally. Where are you in that?
0: Yeah. So, I'll um, so answer this two ways. At the at Choice, yes, we partner with a multi-stick provider called uh, Casa, and we give everyone a free year of Casa Gold, and they can kind of get help from them on how wallets work and how to do that as part of their onboarding package. Um, at a personal level and at like the meetup level, yeah, we, I, we talk to people every, like our meetup meets every week on Thursdays, and new people come by off the internet and just talk to us. We just meet at a bar like here in Orange County, and... Yeah, we talk to everyone about anything. And so meet them, meet them where they're at and just be like, look, what services are you using? What wallets are you using? What do you need help with? And yeah, take them from zero to wherever they want to go.
3: I think we said this last time. We're pretty jealous because you guys in the US, you got a lot of cool apps. Like I think last time you yeah. mentioned Cash App, Fold Up, mm-hmm. and all these other mm-hmm. sort of services as well. Um there's Swan being yeah, con- we, we
2: just got Uber. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what What'd we you get? Are.
2: We just recently got Uber over here
0: in New Zealand. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So I agree, man. But that's also why that's also why I enjoy talking to you guys and talking to other people um, is just figuring out, you know, what what are Bitcoiners doing across the world um, that they can do. That's why, like, these conversations are super beneficial for me too. Mm.
3: Um, so just back on what Ferris said, we're all about self-custody, you know, being self sovereign individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are your best practices? Not necessarily for business, but personally as well. Like, you know, what should people be doing right now? If they've got more than a thousand dollars worth of
0: Bitcoin. Yeah, I think you like using their wallets or using a wallet. I think being comfortable with using a bitcoin wallet and sending bitcoin transactions is the number one way to kind of just all like being comfortable with it. And so like when you're if you're just only buying off an exchange and doing one withdrawal, you know, to a hardware wallet and then just kind of it sits in your sits in your safe, sits in your safe, sits in your safe and you aren't using it. That's not bad. I mean, probably what I would recommend though is having another just mobile wall on your phone and making transactions and kind of beginning to that then filters into kind of like learning the secondary layers. It's like learning Lightning or learning Liquid is then naturally where your kind of path will go. And I just think the more knowledge that you consume as far as using it and the amount of transactions you've physically, personally sent and watched it, you know get to where you're intending to go, that'll, that'll continue to beef up your skills. What also practice, the other thing that then you could practice is like learning how to recover a wallet. So again, do like, don't change anything about what you're doing with your just, I mean, I guess you're just main stack and your main cold storage way of like thinking about things. But then I would, I wouldn't be afraid to start multiple other wallets, you know, start a wallet on your phone, start a wallet on your Macbook or your computer or whatever, and then practice going and like inputting that private key of just that one into you know electrum and recovering it and watching because that's a really eye-opening experience when you recover a wallet for the first time and you kind of realize just the way that the private key works more
3: not just to mention what you just said Brian but um a lot I mean there's a lot of friction there there's a lot of people who um Mm -hmm really don't trust themselves, whether it's technically or operational wise, and they just want to leave it on exchange. Like, what would you say to someone who's like, well, mm-hmm. I only have 10,000. I'm just going to leave it on Coinbase or Binance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So same thing. I would say, like, take a Saturday afternoon, literally take 30 minutes or an hour and just pick whatever, like the, you know, the whole reason why Gordon Fair show up here is like put easy to use wallets on their site. So pick whichever one, you know, works in your jurisdiction, works wherever you are, you know, you like the name of the most and try withdrawing 10 bucks. That is like definitely that's not going to kill like your like plan on the exchange and it's also not going to wreck like anything. You're just going to learn more about yourself and learn more about bitcoin.
2: Yeah, I can agree with you more and um, I recently did back when people could you know, meet, well we still can't here. We um, I did a you know Bitcoin begins understanding Bitcoin thing at a pub here. And I asked someone nice. who doesn't believe it. He's a Bitcoin skeptic. And I said, oh, and yep. I asked them on their phone, can you just download this app? Mm-hmm. And then I did a 45-minute presentation about Bitcoin. And then I showed them, I just sent them $10 worth of Bitcoin from mm-hmm. my wallet to their wallet. I said, all right, I've just sent you $10 worth of Bitcoin. If you don't believe in Bitcoin, just send it back. And i like, mm-hmm. no, no, I think I'll keep it. But for yeah. them- yeah. Just seeing it go from my phone to their phone. And we actually watched it on the blockchain yep. as well. The transaction yep. through People were just like, oh, wow, that's so cool. That aha moment when they see the how the inner workings go. It's really cool.
0: Fully agree. Pickle, fully agree. What, and what far, I love you doing need too. To be
3: using lightning network. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, it's great. Honestly, both are good. That's in those demos. The other thing that I like doing is I like pulling up videos of, of ASIC miners running and just showing people how loud they are. And I'm like, look, look how loud this is. This is this is an industrial thing. This is a thing that is happening. This was a computer science step forward for humanity. All of these machines are running around the world. Look at like just the um power of what's happening and then exactly what you just did pull up the block explorer. I, I love like mempool.space right now because just the visual of like watching it go across and then, yeah. So on their phone, hearing how loud it is, mempool is exactly the path.
2: I haven't done that with the miners. I'm going to actually add that in. That's, that's
3: really cool. Yeah. Thanks Brian. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I actually looked up our last podcast, Brian, and it was, uh, May 2020, so more than about 15 months ago, yeah, yeah, uh, which was awesome. Brian Harrington of Surplus Bitcoin, are you still working with them?
0: Yep, yeah, so I still have that website up surplusbitcoin.com, and that was so last year. Um, there was the last year pretty bummed me out a lot, as it bummed a lot of people out, but I just last year was really hard on me, and so but the silver lining was. I did use a lot of time just beefing up my own Bitcoin skills. And so learning BTC pay server and like diving into how the mining works and, you know, was running like an ASIC at my house and like doing all that stuff um, led to just a lot of these different side projects. And so, yeah, surplus Bitcoin is just a lead generation tool that's set up. And then when people send inbounds to them, I just uh, farm them to like other Bitcoin mining companies and try to plug them into getting more info.
3: Cool. For for a small business, and you mentioned BTC Pay Server, would you recommend people set that up for a small business, or how how would you recommend they receive Bitcoin?
0: Yeah. So I would recommend I would recommend they I would mo, the most general advice is probably to just start with a mobile wallet. Just start with a mobile wallet because that way it's low friction and you're using it. And then just try to find one or two people that'll just use it. And just that way, it's like you're getting into the groove of it. You're working the muscle memory of it. uh, The staff is getting used to it. uh, The customer is getting used to it. Ideally, you would have a Bitcoin meetup in your town or at your place too. And that would send traffic and people that would just be interested in doing that. And then after a consistent amount of, even if it's just, just one person once a month doing it, then you can add complexity and add the BTC pay server as you need it.
3: That's really good advice. Cause I mean, we we all consume a lot of Bitcoin podcasts and YouTube videos, whatever. And I watch, you know, I watch Bitcoiners and, and their heart is in the right place, but it's like, yep. you're not a true Bitcoiner unless you've got a Linux server downloaded the blockchain and you're running Tor and you're running Total. Lightning Network and. A th- Electrum, and it's like, dude, just calm down. Like, totally. and there are levels. You know what we have talked about before. There's Bitcoin on exchange, then there's Bitcoin yep. off the exchange. Then there's yep. you know getting a hardware wallet. Then there's maybe setting up your full node, and and so you sort of level up. So um, yeah, don't be yep. overwhelmed by all this technical jargon that we talked about. Just get Bitcoin, yep. play with it with a mobile wallet. When you're ready to get more, you know, the, as you have as you accumulate more Bitcoin, you want to secure it more. And you know what are the best practices. So.
0: Yeah. Totally. And and I really believe like understanding the philosophy and understanding just the overall goal and the mission of what Bitcoin is looking to do, that is itself like a reinforcing motivator also. And so if you're having trouble, it's kind of, it's if you're, if you feel disenfranchised with the way you're currently doing Bitcoin, if it's at like a software level, then just try using a different wallet, you know, keep doing whatever you're doing, but then just try a different service. Because a lot of times what you'll understand is that, It's not Bitcoin that's the issue. And it's not even you that has the issue. It's just you haven't found the right service that matches what you're doing yet. And then number two, if you're still just kind of in, like, what is the point, then you just got to study the philosophy and just kind of understand, you know, the the mission of what Bitcoin is trying to do for the world.
3: Oh, absolutely. And there there are many plug and play packages out there, too, even to run stuff Mm -hmm. like full nodes and these kind of payment Mm -hmm. servers and that kind of stuff. But, um, and it's not for everyone, let's be honest. Not everyone has to run a full node, but uh, if you're interested in this stuff, I mean, I, I without being arrogant, I'm fairly technical and I've got a background in it, but, you know, when I'm installing a f- full node and I'm, you know, setting up Electrum and doing some of that sort of stuff, I'm like, gee, I, I'm learning a heck of a lot here. And you're learning a sure. lot about Bitcoin too. You're learning about how powerful the philosophy of being able to verify your own transaction is. That's just amazing. Yeah.
0: Oh, totally. No, when I, um, last year, was the first time I had ever, look, i have been in Bitcoin since 2015. And last year, 2020, it was the first time I'd ever run GetTX Outset Info on my own hardware. Um, and so it, there definitely is levels. There definitely takes time, definitely takes a lot of training. And so, yeah, that, but that is super powerful when you do it.
2: So Brian, how difficult is it? Or how would one go about getting non-KYC Bitcoin in America?
0: Yeah, I would, so you would, the two easiest methods are to use BISQ, B-I-S-Q, and then probably secondarily from that is there still are great ATM providers that let you um, authenticate with just a cell phone number. And so choose whatever cell phone number you'd like to use, and then you are able to get authenticated with just a cell phone number and have certain limits, um, cash purchases per month. That I think is probably the easiest because BISC is still well, a little tough to use.
2: So Bitcoin ATMs, HM, so we can purchase Bitcoin and all you need is a cell phone number.
0: Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. yeah. We don't have BISC here and that's yeah. With Bitcoin ATMs, HM, so you, you have to go through a full KYC AML. So, mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah,
0: You should, you should have this. So BISC, um, can be run anywhere, but BISC yes, the volume, one. the volume in certain areas will definitely be, um, lower than others for sure
3: man I'm very jealous right now just to <laughs> just to explain and to translate for all those people who don't consume 10 hours of uh, bitcoin podcasts every day Bisc is a, a bitcoin decentralized exchange kind of like bittorrent where you download some software so i'll put it in the show notes bisk.network b-i-s-q you download the software like kind of like bittorrent and then when you install a software and run it, it finds all the other peers and other people running that software around the world. And then it sort of sets up this decentralized exchange marketplace, sort of like a, a huddle huddle or a local bitcoins, but mm-hmm. it's not on a centralized website. It's actually decentralized. Yeah. All right. Um, what do you think of the uh, recent regulations? Like Faris and I recently talked on the podcast talking about, you know, the, the, sort of the death of buying non-KYC Bitcoin and perhaps, um, you know, yeah. you'll be able to transfer money from a bank account to buy, Binance, Coinbase, whatever, but you won't be able to withdraw it. Like, what what do you think? Where is the list regulation mm-hmm. heading, do you think?
0: Yeah. So do you guys watch Citadel Dispatch? Matt O'Dell's show? Uh, yeah, yeah. So they, I I would tell people that there's a really good episode with um, Matt and then an attorney, Bitcoin attorney from the U.S. Um, his name's Raphael, and so i I'd, I'd watch that episode about I can't think of the title right now, but if you look up Matt O'Dell and Raphael Bitcoin lawyer, it'll pop up. They had a good conversation about it, and then yeah, thoughts just across the board. I. I am still very much in the camp that Bitcoin is incorruptible. I'm very much in the camp that just, it's like unstoppable. I just is, I don't know, it's kind of cheesy. Like when you say that, but I'm I'm trying to put more words on it. And it's that, it's, yeah, I just don't, I don't believe the establishment can stop it. I don't believe the establishment can stop it. And I don't believe because and I believe everyone holding bitcoin regardless of the exchange that they bought it from is pushing towards a future that there is no fiat. And a future with no fiat makes politics less relevant and it makes the like data capture of these exchanges less relevant. And so I think that is because when Bitcoiners become more powerful than the rulers who are choosing to try to institute control, that's I think when the kind of prosperous future can begin and the like true renaissance can begin. And so I am still very much in this in this camp of we are going to see a renaissance in our lifetime. So that's one angle to tackle it on. And then another angle to tackle it on is if you're talking about, and again, I'm speaking mostly from a U.S. perspective because that's what I have the most eyes on. If you're talking straight up from just kind of inside baseball American politics land, the advocate people, Bitcoin education is spreading inside the halls of power every single day. And so it is. and the like leaders who are advocates of sound money and of Bitcoin, their talking points are also getting better every single day. And so if we're talking about where we are right now compared to where we were 12 months ago, as far as people in places of power being Bitcoiners, I actually believe we are a step forward. And so in the just kind of US influence game, I do believe Bitcoiners are more influential than they were 12 months ago, and I think just kind of from the history of just kind of how U.S. politics works, the that trajectory makes me, you know, cautiously optimistic for just Bitcoin continuing to be a thing. One final point is that, and this is a quote, what Raphael said in that Citadel dispatch show. He just said, "It, I don't." The game theory of exchanges fully not allowing withdrawals, I don't think is. I don't think that's in their incentives. I understand there are exchanges like Robinhood that don't currently let you withdraw, but they are on record of saying they're working on withdrawals, and we keep need to pinging them on that, pinging them on that. But I don't believe so increased reporting, you know, and decreased daily limits and like all those things will, uh, that's always going to be on this seesaw. But as far as exchanges fully not allowing withdrawals, I do believe that exchanges like um, just strike and cash app and kind of the, are always going to have the pressure on widening the gates and widening the gates and widening the gates.
3: I actually do think that it's actually possible that it happens, but you know what? It doesn't matter, Brian, because you just buy Bitcoin Mm -hmm. and you get it the hell off the exchange within a couple of minutes, and it Mm doesn't matter. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. And there are still exchanges. There are still exchanges that the the purchase is the withdrawal, and so that's that's the other thing too. That I just believe that like there are. I think the amount of places where you can get Bitcoin is also increasing every single day, every single day, and so that is positive. That's super positive.
2: Yeah. And one thing we're finding like, cause we do work, um, you know, also with a lot of noobs coming into the space and for them, just using legacy banking services, like, um, you know, last week I tried to buy a little bit myself and I had, I've two separate, um, credit debit cards I tried to use, which I've used in the past. Wouldn't yep. let me use them on both Binance and yep. business. Same thing with a friend in South Africa, the apparently reserve banks, not letting you buy them there. Um, yep. And I actually think if you make it harder for people to buy this, um, they're gonna try and find other ways. And that's just gonna to lead to yeah. a price squeeze. I see the price just going up and up um, because what you're doing is rich, um, attempting to restrict supply um, and the supply yeah. being people trying to buy Bitcoin. And if demand is the same, um, then yeah, it's just gonna to lead to the price going up because people will just you know, try and find ways to getting, getting in. So it's good to hear that there are more um, um, on ramps in the Bitcoin, and that's something that we have to keep doing is just, yeah, keep saying, okay, if this doesn't work, go here. Because two years ago, people go, oh, if, you know, bank said no, so I won't. And I was like, well, no, I really want to.
0: Tef- definitely. No, and look, and that's happened to me too in the past week. And I even just got a text last night of, you know, hey, dude, it's still really hard. Like my, why is my debit card getting declined on this app that I've, I've been using? And uh, and you you have to really want it. No, and and I think Bitcoiners, Totally. Having multiple exchanges, having multiple paths for getting Bitcoin is definitely something that um should be part of your just accumulation strategy. It has to be. It has to be.
3: Everything is just so incredibly bullish at the moment. I mean, I'm I'm sometimes living in a, a fairy tale. It's like you hear about people having troubles trying to buy Bitcoin. There's massive demand for it. The supply, what are we at now? 20, oh sorry, 18, 18 and a half million out of 21 million or something, whatever it is. Countries are adopting Bitcoin as, you know, legal tender, um, regulation, yep. as you said, like with a lot of the U.S. senators, like Senator Lumens. It's just, yep. it's incredibly bullish, everything. And uh, a lot of people look at the daily price and, you know, I've got a couple of friends here who day trade and, oh, my God, Bitcoin's gone down $500. I'm like, dude, just, just chill out. Like, <laughs> yo, seriously, like, yep. stop stop with this fomoing in and out. Um, yeah, yep. everything's just super bullish. It really is.
0: I agree. I the I've never been just I just feel good. I feel good. I just wake up every day and I sit at this desk with a clear head and I get to talk to people just across all these different sites and then I see people in person. It's been it's probably been 2, two years. 2 years of talking to a Bitcoiner in person once a week at least. And so I've never the last 2 years have just been incredible run of just mentally being in a great place my family is adopting bitcoin and the yeah the country is adopting bitcoin it's cool feels good
3: what excites you at the moment about bitcoin like are there any projects on your on your radar yeah
0: um so i actually am yeah i'm excited about the uh liquid discrete log contracts, which kind of gets in the, I'm very, I'm excited about, I am a really big fan of what HODL HODL lending was doing. And then I'm also a fan of um, Atomic Finance and what they're building. And I'm, I also just have a clearer picture in my head of the use cases for lightning and the use cases for liquid. And I like the way that using liquid feels like using on-chain Bitcoin and then it just moves faster. And so the paradigm of picking up a liquid wallet, once you're inside the paradigm of picking up a a on-chain Bitcoin wallet is I think pretty easy to adapt to. And I think all the conversations around just kind of Bitcoin layers are getting better and better. And then I'm also, so that would be one area. And then the second area is, I'm still just very excited about the circular economy and like watching small businesses adopt BTC pay server. I do think that that is happening. And so I still see even more and more, I still see like little restaurants popping up and like, you know, tweeting their signs of like, we take Bitcoin, we take Bitcoin. And so, yeah, it'd be like liquid would probably be my like, technical answer. And then my like social answer would just be meetups spreading and uh, small business adoption spreading.
3: You mentioned BTC Pay Server a couple of times. Tell us, what is it? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so BTC Pay Server is free and open source um, payment processor that allows you to accept Bitcoin, Lightning, and and Liquid. And again, yeah, free and open source. And so you pick whatever deployment method you want. If you want to run it on your own Raspberry Pi, you can. If you want to pick a cloud provider, I use Luna Node. Um, You can pick that cloud provider and launch it on there. And then what's also great about it is you can run multiple stores and so something that I work through is if you are running a local meetup and you're out there talking to people, talking to people, and you get that cafe, you know, to try a few test transactions on just a mobile wallet, on a mobile wallet, and then you want to take them to the next level and kind of put their, put to the space over on their point of sale system, you totally can do that. And so that's, that's what I like most about it. And then, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't rip any fees and the Bitcoin is fully in possession of the person all the time.
3: Yeah. So PSA to everyone, you, if you're a merchant uh, wanting to accept Bitcoin, definitely have a look at uh, BTC pay server. Do not use, under any circumstances, do not use BitPay. I'll, I'll say that. I don't care if they want to be a sponsor. Don't use BitPay.
0: Totally. No, totally. I agree with that.
2: Yeah, we're Bitcoiners. I think our only sponsors are going to be what? Drugs and weapons. <laughs> <laughs>
3: True.
0: And any of such the yeah, the international audience. So you gotta, gotta appeal to everyone. <laughs> you guys go. Tell me more about how's the last um year been going and the the site and things. What are the main things that new people are kind of asking?
2: Um yeah, it's funny. So when we first started um Coin Compass, we were ahead of the curve. So we had people coming up to us saying buy Bitcoin for me. Like, well no, we want to teach you about it. Like, I don't care mm-hmm. about knowing about it. I just want you to buy it for me. I just yep. want to take the risk and private keys don't even know about that we're now finding people go okay i do want to understand this thing so that that's been interesting in that yeah we started we yeah we were ahead of the curve as an educational consultant but now it's okay. like people go okay i do want to understand what's going on yeah. um i actually don't believe that's just bitcoin related i think that's macroeconomics feel like something okay. strange is going on in the world people are starting to realize uh, we have these central bankers, and these policies might not be great. Yeah. So I think it's just people opening up that yeah um, mental parachute financially and economically, um, which is why people go. Maybe I should understand something else as well. Yeah,
0: yeah,
3: yeah. I agree with that, and and just add on to that, uh, I'd, I'd add self custody to that. So I have a couple of personal experiences of people who they were gold bugs, and they're elderly people. No, they only want to buy gold. But as soon as the Bitcoin price went up, you know, they bought Bitcoin. But then after that, they're mm-hmm. kind of like, well, what can I do with it? I want to withdraw it. You know, where do I store it? I don't trust the exchange. I don't trust the government. I don't trust mm-hmm. this, which is healthy. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I've I've uh, helped them buy hardware wallets. And so for me, that's, wow. that's really encouraging that people want to actually take self-custody. Yeah.
0: Totally. That is really good.
2: Yeah, and a lot of it depends as well on your you know, country jurisdiction. Like when Gordon says gold bug, I mean, he's referring to friends and clients in Southeast Asia where they truly are gold bugs and where their fiat currency is something they do not trust and can actually see that depreciation. That is something we're going to start picking up in the West. And I mean, I recently wrote about this. is um, We saw the Goldman Sachs um, commodity um, index go up 50% in 12 months. Um, now that's 22 commodities, which is the basis for everything you buy and yeah. yet purchasing power is only got up 10%. So yeah. people are going to start waking up to, yes, something is amiss here when everyday mm-hmm. life is becoming too difficult. You know, yeah. there must be a plan
0: B. Totally. So, uh, stay on that. How, what's, um, what's the housing market like where you guys are too?
2: Oh, New Zealand, Australia is insane.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Astronomical. Yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. much okay. same, same here as well. Um, one, one other thing I have uh, noticed also, and th- this isn't such a negative thing because I think in the long run, people will sort of come around. A lot of people are being distracted. A lot of new people into Bitcoin uh, are being distracted with other cryptos. And that's, that's nothing new. That's always happened. Mm-hmm. But especially with this NFT craze. So my neighbor, who well, I've been talking about Bitcoin for the last year, um went straight onto binance bought bitcoin and then straight away bought some nfts and other stuff with ethereum or whatever doesn't have any bitcoin yeah. has you know five thousand dollars worth of nfts or whatever and um you sort of you're sort of on that well should i let them touch the stove and burn themselves and they lose money or should i try and you know uh, educate them i mean i tried to educate them but um yeah, yeah. i think eventually people will come around but Unfortunately, some people just need that sort of lesson. I mean, I, I, played, with, uh, I played with all the old coins. I admit I, I bought some ICOs and and they were crap. And, you know, I, I made a little bit of money, lost some money, but eventually I came back to Bitcoin because, as you said, Brian, you know, fundamentals don't change. Um, I think all Bitcoin, yeah. as we went through that Austrian economics phase, you go down the rabbit hole and um, I know Faris has that background, but I don't. And so you learn about these things. You know, you learn about what's the difference between money and currency. What is a store of value? What's a method of payment? Yeah. And you have a play with all this stuff. Yeah. I think that's what people are doing at the moment. They see Bitcoin. Okay, it's going up a little bit, but you know, this random coin, blah blah blah, that I've never heard of has gone up five thousand percent. Let me tell you about it. This is yeah. how you invest in it. And yeah, yep. that's happening a lot. Yep.
2: And yeah, a big part of that is people still have this. Perception that I can't afford to buy a Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And hang we have to explain. You can buy $20 worth, you know, stacking sats. Yeah. That's why every show we finish with just stack sats. So and that's mm-hmm. that's still a big, yeah, misperception I have after buying an entire Bitcoin.
0: Yep. Yep. No, same, same. We had a um someone came to meet up last night and she just found us on meetup. And so we just asked her, you know, hey, where are you where are you at? What do you like about it? And same first questions. We're just what's the her her just first questions were what's the what's the goal? Like where do you how do you do it? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just always in accumulation mode. Like I my goal is to replace fiat money. And I never I didn't come out of a hard, hardcore Austrian background either. It was just it was the same thing of I bought altcoins and just the more that you think about like fix the money, fix the world, and you actually learn more about Bitcoin by studying the legacy world than you do by just like diving into the details of Bitcoin and just understanding. The, the fact that you can do something so positive for yourself personally and so positive for uh, the greater society also, there's there's I, there's nothing else in the world that I've been able to come across where you can just completely achieve both of those things at the exact same time with such direct focus. Yeah, And that's, I think, when people start to be like, like the, it's the opportunity cost of owning things besides Bitcoin is too high. The opportunity cost is too high. So even if your like thesis is halfway decent on whatever idea or concept you're chasing down, it's the opportunity cost of what you're not doing during this transitionary time in history. That's like where the disconnect is.
2: No, I couldn't agree more. And like when I you know explained Bitcoin at our uh for an hour presentation, um half of what I'm doing is explaining the gold standard and how fiat currency works. And and then when people understand oh that's the system we're in now, then right. they do truly appreciate something like Bitcoin. Yep.
3: Yep. Totally. So uh forgetting price, what what's happening with Bitcoin in five years' time?
0: I think it's just one more hearts to minds. I think people I think people have moved on. I think more of the I think a lot about that scene in Star Wars when He's um, trying to buy the little race pod, and the merchant guy goes, like, the Republic credits are not accepted here. And, like, I, I'm envisioning that in my head. And I'm envisioning more and more people saying that. They're just, I don't accept the Republic credits. So, I like, and he's, like, I need something more real. Like, he says that in the show. And so, that's that's what I think. I think, I think that's happening hour by hour.
3: Every sci-fi show has that, doesn't it? It has the galactic, whatever it is, gold or coins or whatever. And then as you go further away from the system into the sort of the, you know, the uh anarchy. Um mm-hmm. I don't want that, you know. Give me something real, as you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, I'm done, Ferris. Um, do you wanna? Oh, do you wanna, Brian? Is there anything you wanna get off your chest, have a rant? Um I think it's someone for other than Gordon, yeah.
2: nice other than Gordon, have a rant on this show.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, I said it a few times, different places. My whole expectations have just been really reset. I never, I'm still very, um, I'm still very optimistic and I'm still very, like, I believe that the Renaissance is happening currently right now. And I believe that, um, it is happening live. I don't love I don't love the phrase "we're so early" because I think that breeds um, passiveness. And I have been really trying to just lead a very active like actively moving myself into Bitcoin standard and uh, p- like pushing my brain to just really think in that way. And so when like last year when the whole like Tesla put it on their balance sheet and like things like that, I got very excited about that. I thought that these were two just like anti-establishment movements were joining together and kind of like moving up. I felt like we were leveling up. I felt like we were clicking through society. And I, dude, I went all gung ho. I was like researching power walls. I was researching solar panels, like all these things. I wanted to join like the local Tesla meetup and just continue to talk and like bridge these like Communities together. And so it honestly really bummed me out when a lot of that stuff got walked back, and a lot of kind of the, I don't know, BlackRock or whoever won, just kind of the internal narrative of just what was going on. That super bummed me out. And so I kind of just took some time to just think about that. And it wasn't, it's not that I was putting them on the pedestal as like a hero or whatever. It just really was wow, like we are clicking forward, like we're exiting and we're clicking forward things are happening. This is awesome. And so through watching all that get walked back, it's been very like preparing myself for long game more, but preparing myself for for long game with just the healthy dose of just optimism and awareness is just, that's the, all of the main things that are at the top of my head right now are just, like optim I'm optimistic, but also aware, and but I'm also confident, and so it's just a mix. It's just a mix of all of that stuff, and it's more of like a, just a disappointment of I just want more people to join the path, more people to join the path.
3: Yeah, and that there are many different ways to join the path. I was, I was sort of like you, Brian, back in the day. I was sort of trying to convince local Bitcoin, uh, local businesses, to take Bitcoin or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Mm -hmm. I, not that it's a bad idea, but then I kind of came to the realization, well, it doesn't really make sense for some of these businesses to accept Bitcoin because no one's going to pay for, you know, fish Mm -hmm. and chips with uh, their Bitcoin. It would Mm -hmm. be better for me to spend my time and energy getting individuals into Bitcoin. And Mm -hmm. I would rather an individual um, buy Bitcoin, get off the exchange, get into hardware wallet and be a self-custodian than having 10 local businesses accept Bitcoin. Because they'll probably just convert it straight back into fiat anyway. So I um shifted my priorities.
0: Totally. And the one part about that is I and this, like I'm still trying to figure out how I would crack this nut of like, but I really have a heart for and it, you do too, like small business owners themselves as the yeah. individual. And it's like, dude, you're yeah. you're on the hamster reel every day. And so I understand when I just like grab you, it's just not like it's just like any type of sales. Like we're not not hitting like the market and the message is like not matching you're busy like running the day-to-day totally understand but if you just like listen for a few minutes and like understand the fiat hamster wheel is the reason why you're stressed out and the reason why the margins are closing and the reasons why uh your workers are disenfranchised and the reason why all these things and just kind of relax for a minute and just hear there's there's broader Economic tectonic plates that are happening that no amount of small business sweat equity, we can do it like grit can fix. And so you need to just like reevaluate for a minute and just kind of think about that. And so if that means you do the payment processor 18 months from now or 24 months from now, terrific. Honestly, terrific. But you, as like an entrepreneur brain, You already are respected in the community because you run a business, which is a very respectful thing to do, but we need like capturing those brains are just very valuable. And so capturing all brains are valuable, but capturing brains of influence are also like valuable. And so, yeah, it's just such a unique thing.
3: Absolutely. And I I have a very, very small uh, consulting job that uh, as of a couple of months ago, um, they are paying me in Bitcoin. And it's it's a it's nice. a really small amount. It's like $100 a month or something. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's awesome. I am essentially Total. getting KYC free Bitcoin. Um, yep. I'm not spending it. It's kind of like a savings thing. And I'm, now I'm like, I want to get more people to pay me in Bitcoin. And I'm willing to give them a huge discount to do that. So um, I mean, totally. getting paid in Bitcoin is just the ultimate. It, it really is. Yeah,
0: for sure. Easily. No, it's top top of the funnel. like Top of the funnel for getting people off the old world is getting them paid in the new currency.
3: Faris is still waking up. I'm about to go to bed. Um, <laughs> I'm do you, you want to send bed. us out? Give us some concluding thoughts yeah. or, or anything?
0: Yeah. So look me up on Twitter. My DMs are open all the time at Brain Harrington. And then, yeah, if you're interested in Choice App and you um, are in the US retirement system, go to choiceapp.io. And uh, honestly, on the DM's part, look, if you're, if you're watching and you have questions about Bitcoin, um, message me and we can talk about it. And then, yeah, look, super thankful for what you guys do and continue pounding the pavement and just giving people good info.
2: Thanks, Brian. Now, for people listening, Brian, um, give them your handle on Twitter, please. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Brain Harrington. Brain, like in your head, yeah. Harrington.
2: Cool. Yeah, and we will link um, everything there as well. Sweet. Cool. Uh, it's been a real pleasure, Brian.
3: Yeah. Thanks again, Brian and uh, we usually say to guests like you know oh, I'll see you in six months or whatever that but we've decided to um, do it by price so Faris what do you reckon okay. we'll see Brian at 100,000 US uh,
2: yeah we've got a few people lined up for 100k let's get Brian in before everyone else let's right. make it 96
3: <laughs> yeah I've, I've, I've I have some. I might have some stop losses about then so yeah okay, 96 perfect love it guys thanks Brian thanks Brian, Brian. Yeah. Cheers.
1: Thanks for watching or listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe and share so we can spread this educational content to others like yourself. Visit BitcoinBasics.help
2: Disclaimer. Any content provided by CoinCompass is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax, or any other professional advice. A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. CoinCompass will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies, but these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit CoinCompass.com for more information and please contact us.